You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. This whole week I couldn't get past the thought, is Jesus being formed in us? As we talk about being disciples who make disciples, as we talk about impact and being, is Jesus being formed in us? Is Jesus being formed in me? As we talk about beholding Jesus, we want to become like him. As we talk about making disciples, again, let me remind us, it's not making disciples of ourselves, it's making disciples of Jesus. Therefore, we want to become like Jesus. As we behold him, it's not, not just to see him, although that's awesome and wonderful and amazing, it's so that we become like him. When, I, when people see me, I want them to see Jesus. When people see us, I want them to see Jesus. When people come to a gathering, I want them to see Jesus. When people meet you, uh, you know, in the shops and you bump into somebody, I want them to see Jesus. Not see Melbourne Lights Church. Not see a nice person, but to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I love that Seppos told me uh, that already two of his friends... Um, since he's got saved and started following Jesus, he's had two different friends who he's seen that hadn't seen him since before that who have said, is it really you? <laughs> Sefo, is it you? Like you look different. You're a different person. Yeah. That's what it's about. That's Jesus being formed. <laughs> Give him a praise. That's, that's amazing. In Galatians 4 verse 19, Paul writes this to the Galatians church. He says, my children, for whom I am again in the anguish, anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. He's saying, I'm in the anguish of childbirth. Paul had this deep concern for those that were saved through his preaching. His heart was stirred. He wasn't satisfied that they were merely born again. He wasn't satisfied that they had just come to Jesus, even though they're, you know, they're children of God. He was travailing like a mother in the anguish of childbirth for something more than just come to the cross. There was something more that he was concerned about. Earlier in Galatians, Paul reminds the Galatian believers of, of his conversion, of Paul's conversion. Paul was zealous for religious tradition. He, he says, I was a Jew of the Jews. Like, you know, he, he, was, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was zealous for religion. But he says in Galatians 1, verse 15 to 16, it pleased God to reveal his son, but most translations say to me, but a more accurate translation is in me. It pleased God to reveal his son in me. See, from Paul's salvation, he was converted from an outward religion to an inward person, the indwelling of Jesus. Christ was revealed in Paul. From the very beginning of our Christian life, God wants to give us the inner revelation of Christ in us through his Holy Spirit. Christ in me. Colossians 1 verse 27 says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Then Paul goes a step further. So salvation, at salvation we come to Jesus and he, 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 he comes in us. His Holy, by his Holy Spirit he comes and dwells in us. But then Paul goes a step further. He says um, to, to live is not now by the law or by religious observance. It's by the living person of Jesus. The whole point of my life is now Jesus living in me. My old man's been crucified with Christ. I've been buried with him in baptism. I've been raised to new life. In his resurrection, I'm raised with him. Christ lives in me through the power of his resurrection. 
not only do we need the living person of Christ revealed in us as salvation, at that moment, that, you know, it's not just that one transaction, but it's that Christ lives in us through his spirit for our entire Christian life. Ongoingly, I need his empowering. He's living in me. My life is his life now. And then Paul has an even further expectation, and I love this, to which he labored as a mother in the anguish or travail of childbirth. Now, I've had the privilege of having, uh, seeing two kids born, and that's all that I want to see. I don't want to see any more kids being born. But there is an anguish and a travail. It's not a simple thing. Bethany can tell you, because this is her job. She is a midwife. Of seeing the anguish and travail of childbirth. It's not a simple momentary thing. It's not quick. It's not easy. There's, there's, let's just say there's blood, sweat, and tears. It's, you know, that's all. That's all we're going to go. Some of you know, some of you are going like, amen, yeah. You've experienced it personally. Paul labored, he travailed for this point. He says, I'm in the anguish, again, again, in the anguish of childbirth. I mean, Paul wasn't having children, but this is a spiritual thing. He says, until Christ is formed in you. Paul exhausted himself to this goal that Jesus Christ would be formed in his spiritual children. So what does it mean for Jesus to be formed in me? For something, to t- uh, something of life to take its form refers to the maturity of that life. It's a maturing that takes place for Christ to be formed in me. See, uh, in, the first, in the first meeting, you guys might have come in and gone, who the heck are all these people that are here? Um, we had a baby dedication in the first meeting. We had about 25 different visitors. Um, it's really exciting. It's actually a really good time to do that because um, we've got a little bit more space than we would normally have on a Sunday morning with different restrictions. But one of the babies being dedicated was only four months old. Now, she's a little baby little baby and a little carrier. And the thing is this, like, you know, there's this amazing anticipation with an infant of who they'll become. You know, in them, they have everything in them that God's placed there for who they're going to be. But we don't see the form of that yet. They're an infant. And, you know, all of their their emotional stuff, everything's there in them. All the DNA, all the things that they need to grow and to mature but we don't see it yet. We, just, we kind of live in, in expectation and anticipation of who will they be? What will they become? What will they sound like? What will they look like? Yeah. Um, then, you know, obviously it happens really quickly with kids. They grow up really quickly and suddenly their form changes. And, and, and you see something, you know, as they become an adult of the, 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 the form of maturity. Yes. Now, sadly for many, we have the form of an adult physically, but the spiritual maturity of an infant spiritually. And what Paul's talking about is not to grow up just to be you know, strong adult physical people, but to actually be mature spiritually. There's now, a, 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 for there to be an outward expression of our inner being. That's actually what happens when we become an adult. All of the stuff that's formed us is an outward expression of our inner being. The way I sound, the way I speak, what I believe, how I think. That's the same for us spiritually. That's what it says, that Christ would be formed in you, is that as, as we become spiritually mature, there's an outward expression 
of our inner being, of Christ in me. For us, it's, it's not just Christ revealed in us or Christ living in us, but also him being formed in us, that we would reach maturity, that we would come to full growth. That's why Paul writes in Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 13. And we love this passage. This says this, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, um, you know, this, is, this is gifts to the church to equip the saints, that's you and I, for works of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all, not just leaders, not just preachers, we all obtain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood or womanhood, to being spiritually mature, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Not baby Jesus in a manger. Not Talladega Nights, oh, dear baby Jesus. No, no, this is like growing up. This is like, it's not baby in a manger. It's the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, seated on the throne in heaven, the ruling king who died. It's, it's all of it. So how do we cooperate with Jesus so that he's formed in us? It's a challenge for us because God's calling us to greater maturity. God's calling us to more. Firstly, we have to allow him to permeate our whole being, to saturate our inward parts. Every part of me is his. Ephesians 3 verse 17, Paul prays that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Dwelling is this, like, is this thing of, like, of, of staying, of residing, of, of being in a place. All of us have had a, a, a very good example of lots of days of being in our dwelling. We've had 200 days of only being able to be in our dwelling place. All of us probably have found rooms in our dwelling place, our houses that we never even knew existed. Little corners of the house. I found little corners of my house. I'm like, I probably would have never have sat here, but I'm going to sit here because I'm bored of sitting over there. And I can't go anywhere else, so I'm just going to go, I'm going to go I'm going to look out that window this time. I'm like, I've discovered new, like I can see the neighbor's chimney out of one of our windows. And I, was like, I like that. I like this little spot. That we dwell, that he, that he dwells in our hearts. It's every, every room, every cupboard, that there's no secret cupboards in our lives that he doesn't permeate. There's no skeletons that, you know, that, that he doesn't bring out of the closet. There's no rooms that are locked off for him to have access to. That's what it means for him to be formed in me. I mean, that, that, that takes a rawness. That takes, uh, you know, at times it can be confronting because we, you know, we know what's in our hearts. We know the hurt and the stuff we've been through and we know the brokenness. Sometimes we go, I, I don't know if I want to go there yet. I don't know if I can go there. But Jesus wants to bring healing to every area, to every part. To be our daily prayer, our daily exercise, to allow Jesus to saturate our mind, our emotion, our wills. L literally, let me challenge you, or let me ask you, would you pray this every day? Jesus, would you come fill every part of who I am today? My mind is yours. My emotions are yours. My will is yours. That's a powerful prayer to pray. I submit myself again to your lordship. 
every area of my life. You might not see it. You might feel like that's almost like it's almost hypocritical to pray it. But I guarantee if that becomes a daily prayer that you say, Jesus, come fill every part of who I am. My, my, my mind is yours. My will is yours. My emotions are yours. I submit every part of my life to your Lordship. If you pray that day after day, that is what will happen in your life. So often people come and sit with me and say, Matt, I feel like I'm going around the same mountain. You know, it's been five years and I've got the same stuff. And I, and I, and I look at them and I say, you are. You do have the same stuff. But they don't want to read the Bible. They don't want to pray. They don't want to, you know, it's just give me a quick fix. It's, it's not a magic pill. Jesus' way, though, is that he wants to be formed in us so that we become more like him. Transform me, Lord, into your image. Every area. Secondly... Everything other than Jesus must diminish, and Jesus must become everything in us in our experience. Everything is His. We, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a momentary uh, transaction that takes, takes place. There's a freedom that comes. There's a power transaction. We feel like we're set free. And sometimes it takes time to take, you let Jesus take that place in our life. There's things that it takes time to bring to Him. Um, but we can always pray this, that the Lord would be everything in us, that everything that would set itself up against who he is, that would diminish him being formed, would be displaced and diminished until he is all. John the baptizer says, I must decrease and he must increase. And we ask, what do you need to let go of or get rid of or change so that he can increase. Corinthians says that, that we bear the image of Jesus, but there's things that diminish that image in us. I'm sure God's speaking things to you right now. Make a note of it. Say, what do we need to change? What do we need to let go of so that, that he would increase? Anything that would diminish him. Thirdly, fellowship with the Lord in such a way that we allow him to mingle himself with us and saturate us until he's completely blended with us. That we don't know where he stops and I start. Think about this. So the, 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 the theological term is this, that we need to allow Christ to be fully constituted in us. I told this story in the first service. I don't know if it, land, if it, if it worked well, but I'm going to use the example again. So when I was growing up, I'm going to try again. If it doesn't work, I'm never going to use it again. Um, so when I was growing up, I grew up in the U.S., and we had this, um, this thing called reconstituted juice. It was really weird. It was like a, it was like a fro, it was frozen. It was like a frozen block of concentrated juice. Yeah, concentrated. So... And all you did was, like, you cut the box off. You put the frozen clump into a bottle, and you filled it with water. Kristen's nodding because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. I don't even think it was really juice. It was probably just, like, you know, little bits of juice and sugar and chemicals. You know, it was, it was like, fake, it was fake juice. It's very American. Um, sorry? Uh, no, no, not like cordial. Like, like worse than cordial. <laughs> um, yeah, and so you, it, you had to reconstitute it. Yeah, like, you, it mingled together. Um, and the point is this, that, that you know, in the end, you're not supposed to know what was, the, what was the, the concentrated juice and what was the water. It's supposed to become juice. It wasn't really juice. It was gross. Um, Jesus is not gross. Reconstituted juice. 
Jesus is springs of living water, <laughs> not springs of concentrated juice. But this is the point. This is the point. I'm still not sure if that, that example works, but this is the point. We need to allow him to reconstitute or to reform who we are into who he is. It's like this. Can I, can I tell you a story, Mark? So Mark has this amazing story. I don't know. I'm just, Mark, has, Mark has lots of amazing stories. Mark has this great story of playing badminton, playing badminton with a friend of his. And yeah, they, it was a, quite a long point. And they, they were really like, like working at this point and they're sweaty. And then like, you know, they, 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 they win the point in the end and they're so excited that they go to high five each other. And as they go to high five each other, their hands just go in together like this. Just sweaty, a sweaty grip and they got stuck together and just sweaty handshake. This is like us and Jesus <laughs> without the sweat. <laughs> Sometimes we gotta travail. No, okay, let's leave that one alone. That he reforms us into who he is, so that he's formed within us. So it's not just in Galatians that Paul talks about this idea of like Christ in us, Christ living in us, and Christ being formed in us. It's also in Colossians. In Colossians 1 verse 27, he said, talks about Christ being in us, the hope of glory. In, in Colossians 3 verse 4, he then speaks about Christ being our life. And in Colossians 3 verse 11, he says this, that Christ is our all in all. All of him in all of us, constituted into us. He's our all in all. I often pray this, uh, I pray this prayer from John 15 5. I think it's a helpful prayer. Oh, it did it again. John 15 verse 5, it says this. Um, John 15 verse 5 is where Jesus says that, um, that, that the, the Lord is the, is the vine and we are the branches. And I often pray this, Lord, you are the vine and I'm the branch. I entwine myself with you. I abide in you. You're my source of everything I need. Would you, would you wrap, your, wrap, I wrap myself in you? Would you wrap yourself in me? Let us be so entwined. Jesus doesn't say he's the trunk and we're the branches. Because if you've ever seen a vine, you, it's hard to see where the, where, the, where the vine stops and the branches start. It's a lot easier to see where the trunk stops and the branches. These actually like a little bit where the branch comes out. You can graft into a tree, but you can't graft into a vine. It's, oh, you can, but it's a different sort of thing. Bad example. But they're so intertwined, the vine's so intertwined, that it's hard to tell where one stops and the other starts. That's the idea of allowing Jesus to be formed in us. That it's hard to tell where one stops and the other one starts. It's hard to tell, you know, what's, what's his thoughts and what's my thoughts. That's what we want to get to. That's the maturity we're aiming at. It's not just Sunday morning for an hour and a half, that's my Jesus time, the rest of it's me, that's, you know, that's my compartmentalized thing. No, no, it's all of it is his. So I want to end with three quick ways, or simple, I don't know if they're simple, but you know, they are simple if we do them. Ways of this, what we can do for this to become a reality for us. Colossians 3 verse 16 says this. How do we have Christ formed in us? How do we go on this journey? 
Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I love that Paul challenged us to be thankful to God, to thank him despite the circumstances. How do we do this? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Spend time in his word. Dwell, remain, be in you. Not just, you know, not just a little bit, not just like, you know, not just the bits that we like, we know this, but to, to fill ourselves with it. Let it take residence in me. Let, it, let, let his word take up residence in my heart. Read something and then meditate upon it. Say, God, how, how do you want this to be formed in my life? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Secondly, worship. It says singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's such a power in worship. There's such a power as we behold him, as we sing about him. But there's something that happens when we worship. We remember songs a lot better than we remember text. It's the way God's designed us. That, as an aside, is why the theology in our songs is so important. Because actually, to be honest, you're probably singing stuff over yourself far more than you're like, you know, remembering chapters of the, of the Bible. That's why in the olden days, when people couldn't read, people didn't have the Bible, they wrote hymns and they wrote songs from Scripture to help us remember so that people could sing it over yourselves while you're working and while you're busy at other things, you, you know, you can sing along. I don't know if any of you, I, I don't do it because I've, I'm not very good at remembering text. But I don't know if any of you guys are just like reciting text over yourself all, all day. Sometimes, there's, there's sometimes, there's some things, you know, I have the mind of Christ, you know, I, I'm being transformed, I, you know, we can make those declarations over ourselves, but often it's songs that we remember. And the thing about songs is this, it drives that truth deeper into who we are. Have you ever noticed that, like, sometimes you just start singing a song, I know we, we cheat because we put the words up here, but I bet you you could go to a concert of anyone that you, that you like, any musician, you don't need the word. they don't put the words on the screen so you can sing along. You might not even know that you know the words, but as they start singing, they come up because they've been driven down somewhere deep inside your head. It's a different part of your brain than memorizing text. Elliot and I went a few years ago when you could go to concerts, many, it was many years ago, to see um, Taylor Swift. And, and neither of us really liked Taylor Swift, but I said to her, I said this, we got, we got really, we got like a competition tickets that somebody was selling really cheap. Um, and she goes, I don't even know any Taylor Swift songs. I said, I guarantee you'll know every single song she sings apart from one. And she knew every single song she sang, apart from one. Because one of those, you know, here's a B-side from an album. We didn't have any of her albums. But just, it sinks into your head. Worship, the truth of who Jesus is, gets into us. He's formed in us. When we meditate upon it, it drives that truth deep into us. And then finally be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, verse 13 to 17. For if you live according to the flesh says you will die, but if by, if, you, um, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You do not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we're children of God. And if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Worship. Be led by the Spirit. God's calling us to maturity. God's opening door after door after door after door for impact. He's calling us to mature, to allow Jesus to be formed in us so that we truly reflect his character and nature. 
It's not an easy process. Maturing, growing is not simple. But can I call us to be real? The time has come to stop playing church games. You know, to put the, the, the false facade on a Sunday morning and say, yeah, everything's great. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good, good. We go home and our life's a mess, our family's a mess, our marriage is a mess, and we're not real with anyone about it. And we go around the same mountain. We go around the same mountain. No, no, let's draw a line under it today. Say, Jesus, I want you to be formed in me. I'm going to be real, even if it's messy, even if, it, you know, I, even if I'm going to be embarrassed by some of the stuff that I've got to be real about. Let's be real. Let's be honest. Let's allow Jesus to be formed in us. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.
Oh, I love it. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, cool. My, this mic stopped working at the end of the last one, so I thought we'll see how we go. I love your announcement, Steve. So much energy and passion. It's good. Are you guys, you guys excited this morning for what God wants to do in us and he's already doing in us? Jeez, I love his presence, isn't it? Isn't it great? I, I, I'm, I'm really um, looking forward to our discipleship launch night. Um, I think it's a privilege to have Pat Steele come in. So he's, <laughs> what we're going to actually do is we're going to zoom him into this. We're going to gather live. Um, he's in lockdown in Sydney, um, so he can't get here in person. But we're going to zoom him in live. So his face will be on the screens, but he'll be able to see us. And we're going to have an interactive night with him. Um, and it's part of our, our, our broader um, like partnership in our nation. You know, God's stirring, God's speaking about discipleship, God's speaking about evangelism, not just in us, but right across our nation. And uh, some of you guys might, uh, might recognize Pat from the Silence Breakers series that we did. Um, he was partnered with those guys and um, yeah, was, was on, some of his testimonies were on there. So it's exciting. I, I'm excited to hear his testimonies. And those little hope cards that Dave was talking about and some of the resource that we have, they've printed up some resource. It's just really helpful. Um, the back of their hope cards has a little QR code that you can scan. It takes you to a website that has a whole bunch of one-minute testimonies of hope, of what God's done. Um, and he, he said people have been leaving them around places. He said he got a call the other day from a guy who found one on the ground. Someone had given one to somebody, they'd thrown it on the ground. He picked it up, scanned it, started watching the videos, got saved, called, called. So the phone calls go to Pat. Pat, you know, Pat leads him to the Lord, gets saved right there. There's been people who have been putting those cards on. There's a bridge in Sydney that's notorious for suicides. And people have been, been going to that spot with, with nefarious intentions. Um, nefar- you like that word, nefarious? Um, but seeing the cards, scanning the card, and rather than going through with that, actually encountering Jesus and getting saved. I mean, just powerful testimony. So I'm excited for what, you know, what God, the faith that God's going to stir in us in that time. Um, we're not passing our buckets around for our tithes and offerings because COVID stuff and whatever, but they are there. And um, I look across the room, and I think most of you guys are very generous and faithful in your giving anyways. But I love, uh, I'll remind the guys in the first service, I love this, that the one time in the Bible that God says, test me, is around how we steward our finances. In Malachi, he says, put me to the test says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, it's about bringing our tithe, and pour out for you a blessing until there's no more need. I'll rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil. Your vine uh, vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then, I love this, then all nations, not just neighbors, but all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. I want to encourage us to keep directing our hearts toward the Lord as our provider for everything by bringing our full tithe, by being generous, by giving offerings. Um, and it's, you know, we, we believe as a church we're blessed to be a blessing. And we've been able to be an amazing blessing in this season because of everyone's faithfulness. Faithfulness with resources. So let's keep doing that. Um, cool. Coolio. This is fun. I like this. It's like like fun family this morning. Yeah, it's good. So you know that um, that this week we get to we're meeting in the building together again. But this week is the 12th anniversary of the first time we got to meet in this building. How cool is that? <laughs> I love it. And we, I mean, yeah, this this building is a resource. It's not the focus. 
it's a tool for what, you know, for what God wants to do in us and through us. And I love that, um, that God's, God's blessed us. He's been so faithful, uh, especially even in this last season. I've, I've watched so many of our friends who rent facilities or at schools and they haven't been able to meet and they haven't been able to come back. And guys that aren't even able to meet this week, um, the, guys, the guys over in Werribee, New Gen, that we, you know, we do a lot of stuff with them, they haven't been able to meet all together at all. The school that they met in said, don't come back. Um, it's too hard to figure out. So they've got like a smaller venue and they're doing multiple services. And I just think, oh, thank you, God, for your provision for us that we can use this. We've been able to use this facility. We've been able to be a blessing. And I think we use it to within an inch of its life. Um, you know, there is groups in here all the time. There's always stuff going on. I think, to be honest, in this season, we've got to think outside the box a little bit, even in how we meet. I mean, right now we can't meet in homes. But we've got this amazing venue that we can be in. You can go meet in cafes. You can go meet at KFC, like Dave said. You know, discipleship isn't li- limited to a house. There's so many. We've got to be flexible. We've got to think outside the box. There is no box. The box was blown up about 18 months ago, and it's not coming back. So let's stay outside the box. Let's keep letting God you know, use us in whatever place we found us in. But it is a blessing to have a building. It's a blessing to be a base. We believe that God's called us to be a base, to release, to equip, to train, to release resources. You know, to, and, and, and the ultimate resource is to release people. But also to, to help, to be a blessing, to serve, to go. And it's great to be able to have a facility that we can use for that. But buildings are never the focus. It doesn't matter. We, one day we might not be in this building. God's still on the throne. One day we might be in a bigger building. One day we might be in 10 different buildings. Buildings aren't the focus. They're just a tool for the task of seeing the kingdom advanced. Um, and, but t- to be honest, if we're going to be a base church, if we're going to be a people who release resources and train and equip and do what God's called us to, to have greater kingdom impact. Because I, I just want to remind you that although everything we hear around us is negative and says that the world's falling apart, and the world is falling apart, and you know, that it's all bad, Jesus is on the throne. I want to remind you that as bad as the news is, Jesus is on the throne. And if you've read the Bible, if you haven't, get a Bible, read it. I'll give you one today. I'll have one in my office. You can have it. If you read the end, he's victorious. He, he's, his kingdom is advancing and the gates of hell cannot prevail. I believe we need to stop focusing on the lack or what we can't do or what we don't have and get our eyes back on Jesus, on his goodness, that he's good, he's, he, he's victorious, he's on the throne, and his kingdom is advancing. There's an openness to the gospel right now like never before. And if we're going to be a people who have kingdom impact, we have to be a people who are mature in Christ. To stop playing games. I think to be honest, you know, for, for, for many of us, we have a lot of great ideas, but a lack of depth and maturity. We want to mature in Christ.